I still don't hear myself in my headphones. Really? Yeah. I can hear no, you. I can't hear myself at all. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, there you go. Now I'm better. Hmm. So you weren't serious. I was being serious that I couldn't hear myself. <laughs> and now I can. I cured one person's hearing today. That's right. Yeah, fucking <laughs> Mr. Beast. Put that uh, put that on the fucking thumbnail. It's just like Alex tearing up and hearing for the first time, like band-aids <laughs> off his ears. It's just me putting his volume knob up to ten. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Kevin, for your service. <laughs> I feel like with my platform and influence, I need to do some good in the world. Finally. Kevin, what's up, buddy? Nothing much. I like the Diamondbacks hat. Thank you. Looks great with your skin and your new glasses. I know, like the the eyes and the, the gold frames. It's, it's a good one. Yeah, you look great. How you feeling? I feel pretty all right. Tough, tough loss. We won't get into it. The Bengals are dead. Hootay Nation, RIP. But I will say really quickly, last week, Kevin got punched in the face. We talked about it for quite a bit. This week... You would expect Kevin, obviously, to be upset and down and, you know, sort of Oh, out. no, I, I am. I am. But I think I want to give you uh, compliments here, Kevin, to start the show. I know you're really good at receiving compliments. You're handling it pretty well. Yeah. I expected much Outwardly. worse. <laughs> well, then, uh, maturity. You're handling yeah. it very maturely. And I think maybe Kevin of a couple of years ago. No, I'm just suppressing it. I'm pushing it all down. Well, welcome to being an adult, Kevin. <laughs> it's, that's what it's all about. You take those emotions, you stick them down deep, and you ignore them. No, luckily I still have a winter hobby um, that I'm you know, in psycho mode about, which is skiing. Do tell I, I got to okay. get some more on the books. Been moving some hats as well. Yes, Kevin you know, is a hatsman. Yeah, uh, free ad for me, Hatman's World. Go, go, go give me a follow, buy one Don't of my hats. Don't fucking promote your fucking oh, we're looking on for, our podcast. We're looking for ads? No, not this is this is uncalled for. Uh, Kevin, we have, <laughs> God forbid, we have a special guest on the program. Hi, it's Forrest Utah. Hi, Forrest works at the studio. I think this year we talked about bringing more people from the studio into the show because the show is about the studio. The show is about the world of design, mm-hmm. and uh, Forrest is a is is a major player in all those things. I also listen to the pod too. Wow, yeah. a listener. Yeah. How Long- many people do you think in the studio listen to our podcast? <laughs> uh, I I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I don't want to ask. Put, <laughs> but, your, put your friends on blast. No, <laughs> no it's I, okay. I do listen to it in the morning. It's sort of like my primer before I get to work. I will say as the editor of this podcast, it is tough to exist in this studio listening to this podcast on headphones while also similar conversations are going on in the background. I hear those conversations. I'm hearing the ones in my head. I can't escape Alex's <laughs> voice. Either way, if, if you do or if you don't in the studio, you know. Listen, I, no, I, no, no worries. I do respect that. That's fair. You do listen to me talk more than probably anybody else. <laughs> so if you didn't want to go home and put my voice on, I would not be offended. And I would totally understand. It was tough in the early days yeah. uh, when it was just, you know, kind of us in the studio. And then uh, you were on Zoom all day. So I'd, I'd be listening to you talk editing and then just like echoing throughout the studio would just be you know pitch after pitch after pitch yeah i mean listen working hard hard yeah, man in show go. business <laughs> I, I am gonna try to talk 20 percent less this year wow mm-hmm. that's oh. big that's part of my maturity sleep 20 percent more yeah 20 percent less yeah wow mm-hmm. hmm. i'm just gonna i'll hold you to that i'm gonna let the silence fill the air and i'm not gonna try to fill it all the time you're going to sit your ass down and listen? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to become a better listener, <laughs> a better interviewer. Oh, great. All these things. I do it for you guys. Um, but we have a big week. We have a lot of topics. Um, we don't really need to talk football other than to say that um, 
people are really upset that the Empire State Building got turned <laughs> green, which I don't, I don't know. It's a building. Calm yeah. down, guys. Did it really though? I don't know if it really did. It definitely posted on Instagram or Twitter that it had changed green and then it was in for the Eagles, which obviously New York fans do not root for the Philadelphia Eagles. So Yeah, rival city, rival team. I don't know why mm-hmm. they would even mess around unless they were trolling. Yeah. As someone who could see the Empire State Building from his bed, <laughs> Alex. I knew you were going to go From his here. penthouse. I knew you were going to go here, Kevin. Uh, did you see it lit I, up green? I will say when I saw the story circulating, I did look out of my window to see what the colors were, and it did not appear to green to me. Out of the window of his penthouse. Out of the window from my bedroom of the penthouse that I live in. Floor yes. to ceiling, floor um, to ceiling windows? Or? Listen, Kevin, um, <laughs> the windows go from the floor to the ceiling. That's That's a fact. And uh, listen, I can see the Empire State Building, not to brag, but um, it wasn't green. And uh, apparently, uh, yeah, the people got very mad, madder than maybe they they should. Oh, but absolutely. I understand it. I just think it's silly and stupid. I read this morning that apparently there's like an invite only app. Yes. And yeah. You could change the colors. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What? Yeah. Which I, Which I've heard about in the past. And people sell like invites for like a hundred dollars on like eBay or something like that. It's a pretty sick move to be yeah. able to be like, "Hey, check this out! I can make it yellow." Essentially, yeah. It's like, "Hey, babe, what's your favorite color?" <laughs> yeah, it does feel <laughs> like that. But I, I think that was something that was available to the public. But that seems insane. I feel it's like everyone would just be changing the color of it yeah. in a second. So there's also a website where you could see what the color is for that day and like what it translates to or like why. I don't know why we're talking about, about the fucking Empire Staple thing. <laughs> Because because uh, the social media presence of I the know. building, the building is a trash building. Have you ever been there? Yeah. No. My I've never been there. My <laughs> girlfriend works there. Oh. What? Yeah. Low low floor though. You know, don't get too excited. She works at the Empire State Building. Yeah. Oh, that's where her office is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It she, just feels like a tourist trap to go to the top of the Empire State Building. Yeah. I've it, never been. It's not even the tallest building. Here's a flex for me. I can go for free. Whoa. Whoa. To the top. Yeah. Oh, damn. I've never been, but you know. Whoa. Save, save, saving that for like when my mom comes to town or something. Big flex alert. Yeah. <laughs> Some oh. people have a penthouse. Others can go to the Empire State, top Ooh. of the Empire State Building for free. Rival. Wow. Wow. Okay. We're, we got to stop talking about this building. <laughs> this building is not worth our time. Kevin, um, what is worth our time is uh, our favorite story, of course, the M&Ms. <laughs> and it's funny, like since the last episode, there's been so much M&M talk and so much M&M controversy and more releases. I spoke to the New York Times about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, another flex. Shout out to fucking me. <laughs> Big flex pod. Uh, cultural conversation and uh, expert, Alex Center. They refer to me as Mr. Center. Mr. Center. So, um, That's his father. <laughs> my name's Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, an honor and a privilege to uh, speak about one of my favorite topics. They had you behind the paywall, though. I would. I mean, they're all, everything's behind the paywall. I think of the New York Times, right? Uh, not if you hit that button in the top right of the <laughs> that icon, at the I, top right of the screen. I would know. I pay for it. You know, I think news is worthy of of, of paying for it. I, I, I support the arts. <laughs> news shouldn't be in the dark, whereas mm-hmm. the, yeah. the Atlantic says that's isn't that New York Times thing? Oh no, that's all the news that's fit to print. Yeah. Okay, so basically the M and M's are back. Here's the latest update. One, Maya Rudolph, we talked about her, sort of, she she got the, uh, sort of the main job as the main M&M spokesperson. And people were like, there was the, the sort of short form announcement on, on Twitter and Instagram. And then people were like, oh, the spokescandy's out, Maya Rudolph's in, what's going on here? And then the first thing that kind of appeared was the Maya Rudolph ads, mm-hmm. which 
I guess, aren't the Super Bowl ad. They're sort of lead up to the Super Bowl ads, which a lot of brands do and have been doing for a number of years, which is like not just kind of releasing a spot, releasing sort of teasers or sort of like videos leading up to the spot. There's two different commercials. One talks about how M&M's is changing their name to from M&M's to Ma and Yaz. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that Maya Rudolph is, you know, she's the one announcing and sort of renaming the America's favorite candy. And uh the only thing funny about it is that she says at the end, she goes, It's playing my name, which is like self-aware, I guess, <laughs> yeah, in yeah, some way. That's the one good thing. That's the one funny part about yeah. it. And then there's another video where they have like her face printed on the MMs. What's the story there, Kevin? Do so you know? basically, uh if you didn't know they can print faces on M&Ms. Oh, wow. And I think that's the other thing they were, uh, you know, teasing around. It was that they, all the M&Ms were now going to have her face on it. <laughs> and then she has another self-wear line at the end. Like, uh, I love eating my, my, face? my face or yeah, something. <laughs> so in that New York Times article, they were talking about Maya Rudolph. They were talking about the sort of, uh, sort of the discontinuation of the Spokescannies. But then in that article, M&Ms sort of, announced or sort of disclosed that the spokescannies actually weren't going anywhere and they were actually going to be back for the Super Bowl. So this was sort of confusing to me because they had just announced that they were going to be discontinued. I think there was a lot of speculation that that yeah. wasn't going to be the actual, it was a sort of a decoy. And then like only a couple days later, they kind of said that the spokescannies are actually going to be part of the Super Bowl and kind of confirm that, which again, I don't understand why you're sort of like, teasing that they're not going to be part of it then they are part of it and then on top of that they've been kind of using the spokes candies in like other venues so the orange uh the orange m&m dropped a spotify playlist is that the one with anxiety that's the one with anxiety what's on the playlist it's just it's called escape your shell <laughs> and so that's something that have it, it has relaxation music for guided meditations which again, I feel very targeted with this orange yeah. M&M thing because <laughs> orange is my favorite color, and uh, I do have anxiety, so I feel like they're really coming after me. Damn, that's so hashtag relatable. I know. <laughs> I know. And then yellow, the yellow M&M is taking to Instagram, trying to become the new face of Snickers. So he's my fave. He has no vein. <laughs> so <laughs> Jesus Christ. So not that I've seen. So Mars is now using <laughs> Snickers, which is another brand in part of the portfolio. Yeah. And now we're doing cross, like promotional branded spokes candy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so here's my first take on this. This is all far too complicated. Yeah. Like the spokes candies are gone. My Rudolph's in. Then we get commercials about renaming. Then we get spokes candies are back. Then they're on these other platforms. They're doing crossover with other brands. They're basically doing like every advertising marketing stick and in the book and just kind of throwing it all at the wall. And it's like, what are we doing here? Just yeah. like too many ideas. And like the Super Bowl is 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 still two weeks away. I feel like they're gonna there's probably more stuff that they're doing. I don't know how any of this is tying together. It does not feel cohesive or smart or even leveraging the sort of outrage of American culture really well. It just feels all of it is is not how I would have done it. They're not leveraging anything. Like even when they released that press release, there was some mystery on like, oh, is this real? Mm -hmm. And then they, like not even a week later, they go ahead and blow their load on the New York Times and say, oh yeah, they're going to be back. Like we were just like, that wasn't actually true. So it's like, they're not going about things in like a 
funny way or like a sincere way or like it's just like such a mixed bag that it just doesn't really even make sense mixed bag kevin i see what you did there Um, that was unintentional i love it yeah no it does feel as though there was an opportunity presented to them they didn't sort of set this up in the very beginning when they sort of when all the outrage originally started now it felt like they were starting to like control the narrative and start to play with the narrative and now I just feel like they're sort of like the narrative has gone away from them. They're just they're just trying every trick in the book. Yeah, like renaming your company is like a, a dumb thing that like, um, like uh, uh, what's the pancake company IHOP? Remember they changed to IHOB or something like that? <laughs> they're International House of Breakfast, Burger. That's, yeah, Burger. Like yeah, it was just dumb. You know, like it just feels like all the sticky advertising things that like people don't want, and mm-hmm. then. I think again in the very beginning they were they were making a cultural statement <laughs> about society and I think yeah obviously that's tricky to do but like stand by your fucking guns like be like we're trying to make change we're trying to bring unity like stick to the story here I think the my Rudolph stuff and all this other kind of things that are doing are all distracting from I think was a pretty clear obvious lane for them to kind of go down and they just I, I don't know if any of this is working. It's almost like every single one of those M&M personalities are trying to do something different. They've got a lot of different moves going on. Yeah, I, th- I thought what Debbie said in, in, the, in the New York Times piece was right. It was like, if they really wanted to make a change, right, and stand for what they believed in, then they should just have the backbone to like stick with it. That's, her, that's like what she said. And I completely agree. It's like, this is, this is what happens when you try to use your brand and put it into sort of like real societal issues or you know kind of talking about sort of mental health or women's rights and stuff like that it's like it's a tricky place but if you're gonna they they made a decision to do that and then they found themselves in a very weird spot and then they're i feel like they're just trying to like distract yeah they wanted the smoke and then now they don't they don't want the smoke but they kind of do i I don't know it's confusing and i don't know how they're gonna land this plane and i i just i I, again i wouldn't count on it but i hope there's a great super bowl commercial that comes out of all of us but I don't know. It, it could go a million different ways. And at this point, I don't really understand what they're doing. Um, one thing I did think was very funny was um, obviously after the retirement of Spokes Candies, you knew that there was going to be a wave of like internet. I don't want to call it backlash, but sort of like fodder and memes and things. Mm-hmm. First one was A&W Root Beer. They kind of put out a very similar statement to the M&Ms, but it was about Rudy the Great Root Beer, which is <laughs> root apparently... Bear. <laughs> root Bear. Root <laughs> <laughs> um, Who apparently is their spokes bear. Did not know he existed till No, me yesterday. neither. Yeah. And uh, they, they apparently... Um, they, they knew people would notice because he's literally a six-foot bear wearing an orange sweater, and uh, he doesn't wear pants. And so they wanted to sort of decided that he will wear jeans moving forward. That's good. In 2023, I think that's real. That's real progress. I mean, what's next? Like, is Winnie the Pooh gonna have pants or something? <laughs> I mean, that, that would be gone too far. He better. But yeah, no. I mean, I think it's funny to like make light of this thing because mm-hmm. again, we're talking about spokes candies. Yeah, like this whole thing is ridiculous. We're talking about such a funny thing, and I actually think mascots are also very funny. Do you ever wonder if maybe it was all planned? Like the whole like they expected launching the purple M and M with like create backlash and then. They would, as a result, retire the spokes candies to create more controversy because, like, at then, like, all press is good press. So, listen, I don't think it's outside of the possibility that they are in on obviously this and like mm-hmm. they're aware of it and they're sort of like setting this up 
to be sort of part of cultural conversation. Like, obviously, to a certain extent, they are doing that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they're doing it correctly. Yeah. And I think they, I mean, this is a story, I looked at, I looked it up. It started in January of 2022. So mm-hmm. we're talking about a full year's <laughs> worth of kind of like this story being part of the narrative here. And I think to set up for a Super Bowl commercial, like they've probably been talking about this for months. Yeah. The the rollout of it all is just, it, it, it isn't. It's kind of clunky. It's just clunky and yeah. it's confusing. And I think the Maya Rudolph thing and renaming and the, I don't know. It's just, it feels, it, it, it feels like they had a lot of time to come up with something great, and this is when the Tucker shit broke, and mm-hmm. he got mad at woke candy again. Yes, that was like what, like two weeks ago, and the Super Bowl was in two weeks. So mm-hmm. it's like for them to take that and produce an entire commercial in like a month for Eminem, based on what they've already shown us creatively mm-hmm. and how they're handling this, seems kind of out of the question. Like I don't know if they're coming up with a new concept. Mm-hmm. No, I think they uh, to Far's point, like. They definitely set up this kind of moment with the Spokes Candy's retirement. Like they knew that that was going to get people talking about the story again, and they purposely did it two and a half weeks before the Super Bowl. Yeah, like but they the, knew they've they already spilt their bag that they're not retiring. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the clunkiness. That's yeah, part of the the. I like, think that should have come after. Yeah, and also yeah. like Maya Rudolph and the name change. I yeah. think that's a, like another distraction, and I don't think this is making any of it more like uh, less confusing. Yeah, yeah, and so. I think the story will continue to roll out. Obviously, Kevin, um, there's a. Uh, I commend you for not talking about the Beeple artwork, but because I, I know how much you want to talk about. Oh, it. Beeple! Did you see that Beeple Beeple artwork? I brought it up, Kevin. Um, so I knew I knew you were oh, dying to talk it about. I it. think it's got to be the best thing to come out of this whole story. This you know years worth of like drama around the M and M's brand. It's mm-hmm. got to be the Beeple um, rendering of. Tucker Carlson and the green M&M passionately making love <laughs> in an office. I mean, that's art. Yeah, just go to Twitter and uh, look up Beeple. Yeah. And if you'd like, if you're into that sort of in, into that sort of stuff, um, it's it's a treat. Yeah. yeah. And I think the the commentary and the memes that have come out of this are funny. And I kind of wish there was more of them. And I'm sure there are. Um, Kevin, I'm going to move on to Tiffany's and Nike um, have come together. Two iconic brands and are making a lot of news. This is sort of unraveling and coming out literally as we are recording this. Speaking of brands with questionable production ethics. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Which, again, this is like how I obviously come to this story as like a fan of Nike and sort of the excitement of all this. And it like, you know, uh, a retired sneakerhead. Like, I do, I do think this is interesting. And Kevin immediately goes to like the controversy <laughs> page on their Wikipedias. <laughs> But I think that speaks to sort of like how you see the world yeah. as a young person. Yeah. Re- retired sneakerhead, just yeah. like the orange M&M. Oh, oh, is that true? I mean, he's retired. He's wearing sneakers. Okay. And he's all head. Mm. So. Wow, Kevin. Um, so Tiffany um, is a brand we covered kind of a bunch of times over the past year or so. Did they? Was that a rebrand they did when we covered it? It wasn't a rebrand, but it started with sort of a not your mother's Tiffany marketing oh, yeah, campaign. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And remember, they were sort of trying to position and I guess rebrand not through aesthetics, but more through sort of like the the strategy and the positioning of Tiffany's. Obviously, it's a bit of a stodgy brand. It's sort of a brand that kind of has a lot of history and kind of feels like it's, um, yeah, it's for older people. It's like Chanel. It's yeah. a bit old it's and old. it feels a little dusty. And so I think they LVMH is the company that owns Tiffany and they wanted to kind of give it some youthful 
exuberance. And so they started with this Not Your Mother's Tiffany campaign. It looked kind of very raw and like sort of, uh, you know, the photography was a little bit more sort of uh, uh, experimental or more interesting than kind of things in the past. Um, they did that ad with Jay-Z and Beyonce, remember that? Oh, in Basquiat? They had the Tiffany colored Basquiat, mm. which I thought, remember we were saying at the time that like, it's a weird way to reach kids with mm-hmm. Beyonce and Jay-Z who at this point are parents. Yeah. And like this Basquiat painting that's like, Again, like much older, millions yeah. of dollars. R.I.P. Basquiat. He would have loved Jay Z and Beyonce. <laughs> yes. Um, and then more recently, they did a Supreme collab. They did the sort of Tiffany dog tags. We talked about we talked about all of this on the show. And so I'm not shocked that they are back again this week teasing a Nike collab. So no. it started with a full page New York Times ad. The ad said something about some legendary collaboration or a partnership or something like that. Um, what did the ad actually say, Kevin? Do you know? I do not know. A legendary pair. You get it because Nike, mm. sneakers, mm-hmm. and a pairing of two legendary brands. Wow. So that was the what first a, what thing. I know. I know. Really, really good. So that was the kind of first thing that came out. There was a full page New York Times ad sort of, uh, you know, to get the people going uh, for the youth, of course. And then Within seemingly like hours, the sneaker was leaked, or it seemed like people knew what the sneaker was going to be. Mm-hmm. It is an all black Air Force One low with a pink, or sorry, a teal Tiffany's swoosh on the side. It will cost $400. Oh, Jesus. It's not cute. And people were not impressed. This has happened in the last like 48 hours. Yeah. And I think the general feeling from um, what I've read online is that people think this is lazy. Yeah, I mean, you, you're paying 4X the price of a regular Air Force just to have a fucking Tiffany blue check mark. On first glance, I thought it was like kind of cool, but again, like I'm not going to pay $400. Yeah. Like, I'd rather, I could just like probably color that myself. It could have looked cooler with like silver embellishments or something on it. I think that's the thinking that most people have, which is like, if you're going to make this big of a deal about this kind of partnership, like, Make it cool. Make you got to go over the top a little bit with the yeah. sneaker. I mean, it's got to feel more. It's it's very wearable, yeah. which I think is cool about it, right? If I'm actually going to wear these things, like you could wear them. Yeah, but like they could be wearable and much cooler. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think they just need you need to do a little bit more than just like the color of the swoosh. Like, yeah, there was an unofficial Nike Dunk that came out like ten years ago. It was like a Tiffany Dunk. It's kind of famous in like you know sort of Dunk sneakerhead world, and it has silver and teal, and it's actually a more interesting sneaker than this one. Yeah, and I feel like they just needed to do like more actual silver, you know, sort of moments. And like, if you're going to pay $400, like even like the lace thing, you know, the the front lace locket thing that's Mm -hmm. on Nike Air Forces, like that wasn't even silver. So it's like, that's the kind of stuff that I think the internet just will zero in on and be like, this is this is this is not impressive. I mean, even the brush looks cooler than the shoes. So that was something that came out this morning, and so we're just adding to this like story here is that they added a four hundred dollar toothbrush. I don't which, think it's a toothbrush. I think it's just a shoe brush. It's a tongue brush. It's like a brush that looks like a toothbrush, but it's meant to. I guess because people clean their shoes with mm. toothbrushes. That's a kind of like cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what all the kids are doing. And so they put out a Nike silver tiffany toothbrush and I, I i don't know i mean that feels very stunty yeah i think it looks cool i mean it looks cool i mean it's a total flex to have that in your bathroom <laughs> <laughs> but i just i don't know it just feels like 
all of this is is not really all that exciting. They yeah. they also put out a necklace that has a, a whistle on it. Yeah, like a coach. <laughs> it's so, giving me Foot Locker. What? Why? Why? Because I guess like, is it a silver whistle? Yeah. Well, Tiffany makes jewelry. Yeah, and, I, I know. And that. so sports culture reps wear whistles okay, around yeah. their neck. So a Nike sports, Nike does sports. <laughs> Think about the two brands coming together. You have jewelry and sports, and a necklace in sports is a ref's whistle. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's I got, don't know. Is it got diamonds? Is it iced out? No, it's just, it's silver. just silver. I don't know. I, again, it's very easy to criticize all the stuff, but like it does not feel like yeah. it's hitting the mark. I no. mean, people be buying toothbrushes for their sneakers and not even brushing their teeth. <laughs> so get on that. My personal opinion is, yeah, I think if you're going to do this kind of clap and you're going to take out the New York Times and make this sort of big deal on the internet, which they are doing and all the design of it all looks pretty cool. I think you got to really come correct with the sneakers. And one of the things that's happening is people went straight to like AI mm-hmm. and started typing in like robot, make me Nike, Tiffany, Ni- you know, collaboration sneaker. And like the results of that are pretty impressive. They're really yeah. good. They're like over the top, lots of jewelry, like lots of really interesting ideas. I've seen a lot of um, AI generated Nike sneakers mm-hmm. before this, and they seem to have some pretty good ideas. <laughs> I don't know if that's a great sign of like everything is like when it comes out, it's like, but can the AI make it better? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think the internet already has a sense of like, this is, this sucks. And so it's very easy to dunk on people. That's unintended true. there um, with AI sort of generated things that are better, but it's part of the story and it's interesting to see what, what kind of comes next here. Hold up. What does Allen Iverson have to do with Nike brand? Huh? <laughs> he was a Reebok athlete. Uh, that's true. You bring up a good point. AI has nothing to do with this. <laughs> um, speaking of AI, um, Little Yachty has a new album. Kevin, I, I know you and I both listened to it. It's pretty lit. Pretty fucking good. It's definitely uh, got some cosmic, funky energy, which I've always been a fan of Little Yachty the person. I love Poland. <laughs> yeah. But this is kind of a new direction. I kind of hope he, uh, yeah, I, I I need to listen to it again. The album is called Let's Start From Here. And the reason why I brought it up is because the album artwork is uh, AI generated as well. Yeah. What do we think about AI generated album covers? I'm in a weird place where like I'm fascinated by AI. I hate all the ethical issues that come with it, but I don't think it's going away. And I think, you know, Lil Yachty was probably like, let's try something that will get people's attention. Yeah, it was a new sound for him. So. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well be on the cutting edge of fucking design and technology. I mean, Twitter was mad, though. Yeah, Twitter was mad. And that's yeah. one of the reasons why I think it's worth talking about is because, like, AI obviously is is part of the, the big conversation in, in, in the design world. Yeah. And I think where its, you know, possibilities are still being determined, obviously making sneakers <laughs> is one of them, and then making, uh, yeah, photography, album artwork. I think I understand why people are upset about it. Mm-hmm. I also think it's kind of very culturally relevant at the moment to have an AI generated album cover. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this is going to be the first of many. I yeah. think oh, I already, yeah. I've already seen one before this one. Um, a Taiga did it. Oh, oh. So was it good? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Simpsons um, did it. Simpsons did. It. I think it feels right now very progressive and very modern and very artsy to be like, you know, uh, there's been photography on album covers for decades and decades and decades mm-hmm. this one is made by 
AI and that becomes something to talk about. And, yeah. In the same way like Damien Hurst did Drake's last album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's I like that one. It's cool to have an album cover that people engage with. Yeah. yeah. So people on Twitter are mad that they didn't pay an artist to design. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. Which like I kind of looked into it. I think there was a creative yeah, director right? who was paid to use AI. So Yeah, I mean you gotta write those prompts. Yeah, ex- no, exactly. His name is Cam Hicks. Um, he's a creative director that I'm aware of because he's done a lot of work with Virgil and done a lot of work in lots mm. of different branding stuff. And yeah, he's the creative director behind it. So technically that person is getting paid. That's yeah. a person. That is a person. Yeah. Let's not forget that is a person. Yeah. Yeah. So And AI is really just a tool. Like it's yeah. not a sentient mm-hmm. being or just anything. for now. Yeah. For, well yes. we'll see where it goes. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. And I, I just think it's very trendy right now, or I think it like it, it feels like a very cool thing to be doing. And and yeah, getting people talking about the album is obviously a good thing. The album is good. That's probably the more important yeah, thing. The album bangs. And and so but I've, ne- I, I've never really heard uh much psych rap. Yeah, it's cool. I think this will be a trend. I think we're it's it, we're in it for for a little bit. I think at some point it'll be like, okay, let's let's the AI generated album covers like have had their moment, you know, and it's you know it will I think it will eventually fade away. But I mean, I think for the least year you're gonna I think you're gonna see a lot of these. Oh, it's yeah, gonna yeah. it's gonna be hot and heavy. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> Speaking of hot and heavy, have you guys seen that AI porn on Twitter? <laughs> oh my gosh! AI OnlyFans. I'm only gonna say one thing. Other than <laughs> I say that, like, I thought they were, I thought they were real at first. Oh my gosh! There's an image going around Twitter. If you're not familiar, I don't, I don't want to tell you the search terms to look it up, but um, AI generated um, AI girls. Is that what it is? I think it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the funniest part about it is uh, the fingers, which is the only way you can kind of tell that they're not <laughs> real people. And it, for whatever reason, AI can't figure out how to do hands <laughs> yet. And that just makes me laugh. Yeah, it's good to laugh at AI. Thank God they don't know how to do everything yet. Well, in due time. Yeah. I mean, how long <laughs> until they figure out how to do hands? It feels like yeah. a fairly reasonable thing. Also, teeth in the like the Yachty album cover, you could tell mm-hmm. that it's AI because oh, yeah. there's like a million teeth in these people's mouths. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't know how to do teeth. They don't know yet. I know, but it's just, I'm just glad we're in this sort of in-between moment because obviously they're going to figure that part. <laughs> I don't I, feel like that's that far away. I mean, also it's like intentional too because there is good AI art out there that's like practically flawless. Like the fact that they kept this pretty like fucked up looking was yeah. very intentional to get people to talk about it. 100%. And yeah. I think again, like people hate change. Yeah. And I think people hate things that like are taking jobs away from other people. And I think that will always be the case in, always. in, in, in creative industry. Yeah. And I think technology has will, will always evolve and people need to keep up with the times. I think that's just generally what's happening here. And there's another big movement of sort of like new technology. And it's like, yeah, we are using Photoshop and Illustrator and all these tools that have evolved. And, you know, we're, we're fine with using those as art. But like mm-hmm. when you use some other tool that makes things like there's there's complications. Yes, of course. But and and that's where the rights and the you yeah. know sort of uh, you know using other people's artwork to create some of these images. Yes, I understand. There's some there's some tricky parts, but I, I think this is yeah this is part of a new world. And this is probably how uh, all those old heads felt when computer graphic design started getting popular. A hundred percent. They were like, damn, I've been fucking cutting out this fucking like, yeah like s- silver stone fucking blocks to make typography or even further back like painters and the invention of the camera like it's just a constant cycle like people just evolve with yeah, the do, times yeah yeah do you know yeah. how hard it was to be a graphic designer in like 19 oh god fucking 60 yeah like cut and paste yeah it's just crazy it's a blue collar job back then yeah. <laughs> yeah and it was fucking really hard to do it took a lot of time and now it's just like you get on a computer and 
you know um uh i think i talked about this on the pod like george lewis was uh given an award and um uh i think he recently passed away um, r.i.p r.i.p and uh yeah he basically was like called out all the design industry and was just like you guys are uh <laughs> you guys are lazy fucks like <laughs> using these computers come up with ideas and uh yeah they hate us because they ain't us yeah, yeah and i think this that'll be me in uh you know 40 years when all these uh young kids can just make design by just like clicking one button and be like back in my day we actually had to fucking kern our type and you know uh yeah it, it's just that's just life baby that's how it goes that is um yeah uh george lewis passed away in november so r.i.p uh to an absolute legend uh moving on speaking of legends uh pizza hut <laughs> weird transition um we talked about pizza hut Two weeks ago, they launched some new big New York pie. Not a big New York pie. What is it called? An old New York pie called the Big New Yorker. Okay. From the 80s and 90s. I immediately forgot about it because I don't give a fuck. No, dude. Everyone, how do you, how'd you forget about it? Everyone was asking for it. I just, I just, (laughs) it didn't matter to me. But ready for this. So they're back in the news. It's because they've made the official Guinness Book World of Records world's largest pizza pie. Jesus. And so they brought in a YouTuber that I've never heard of called Eric. His name is Eric Decker, not to be confused with the football player, right? Isn't there Eric Decker? Yeah, there used to be an Eric Decker. Yes, this is another person. And so on January 18th, so just a couple of weeks ago, they made a nearly 14,000 square foot pizza pie at the Los Angeles Convention Center. was 3,600 pounds of dough, 5,000 pounds of sweet marinara sauce, more than 8,800 pounds of cheese, and nearly 630,000 pepperonis to create the largest pizza in the world. Let's fucking go. (laughs) People are saying that humans aren't doing cool shit anymore. We're not going to the moon. (laughs) We're not going into space. We're not going to Mars. But God damn it, we can make a big motherfucking pizza. Put in the Guinness Book of World Records. Everyone gives a fuck about this. Like, I'm fucking stoked. This is the biggest shit for humanity that's happened in the past two decades. Mm, you bring up a good point, Kevin. How long do you think people are going to think about this? Uh, six, Forever. Six days? Four, <laughs> kids four are gonna, days? Kids are going to uh, read about this in the history books. They, they may, um, but... <clears throat> One of the things they should show them, which is my favorite part of this, is when they were putting on the marinara sauce, they used a mop. (laughs) They were just mopping the floor. Jesus. (laughs) It was probably a clean mop. (laughs) Probably. I guess so. Yeah. So um, Kevin's here for this. Um, Forrest, what do you think? (laughs) I mean, does anyone read the Guinness World of Records anymore? That feels like such a grade school thing. It is. A grade school thing of like... My time, like I don't think kids these days like no, I don't give a so. shit about that. I think I, they, I was they like it on thought, TikTok. Oh, okay, Guinness Book of World Records was lit when I was a kid. But yeah, kids aren't reading books these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're watching YouTube. Yeah, but I do which think this is also on YouTube. So. I was gonna say, I bet this is on YouTube. I bet this is uh, performing very well for their TikTok page. I think Guinness Book of World Records has a TikTok page, and so I mean, this video is just no one needs this. Oh yeah, for I mean, pizza. I think people got outraged that obviously this is a huge waste of money, time, effort, and food. So what did they do? They donated to a local sort of like a, <laughs> sort of a food shelter. Yeah, I mean, like awesome record, <laughs> human innovation, yeah. uh, food donation. What? What? Like, yeah, Pizza Hut is uh, they're goaded for that. Yeah. Goaded with the with the fucking mop sauce. sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I do like also this like kind of crane that they created to sort of like. 
um, to heat the pizza on the floor. Oh, like the fucking like little lawnmower tractor (laughs) thing they got. The type of things they had to invent to create this floor pizza um, is is particularly um, hilarious to me. This whole thing is just so dumb. I've I've got I got to go on the record and say that uh, if you couldn't tell, I was hashtag kidding. I had the just kidding star on just then. Uh, but, put put that in the yeah, on the record. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that. I'll overlay it on my video feed. Mm-hmm, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, this is fucking dumb. And I think the most egregious part is that they uh, attempted to donate this floor pizza <laughs> to people in need. And it's like nobody should eat that pizza. I don't care. Like that. That's just no. They hor- all have high cholesterol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just. Uh, it's a horrible waste of food. And like, there's no way it's good. I love calling it floor pizza though that is that is very funny because it literally they why did they have to put it on the floor like that where else are they gonna put it yeah i don't know on the wall i don't know they're not gonna go out and make the world's biggest oven (laughs) why the fuck not yeah yeah at least put it on the table you know that pizza some fucking the world's largest table (laughs) yeah you know how many fucking scientists it took to make this thing like a ton too many well um yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a dumb video for no reason. But, I mean, I guess people do be loving dumb videos for no reason, which is why Mr. Beast <laughs> is such a star and why everyone loves when he's like, I put a thousand people inside of a box and I gave them a, a dollar for every minute they would stay. It's like, I guess people like these dumb fucking videos. But one of the things that Mr. Beast did do, though, uh, he cured blindness. He cured blindness. Cured blindness. Um, which I think is... Very dystopian. I, I did watch the video. I couldn't help myself. You saw the footage? I did watch. I watched the full Mr. Beast video because this big pizza, big ass floor pizza is garbage. But curing people's blindness on YouTube, like that's, 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 I think if, you know, people look back on society and I think this video with Mr. Beast and the thumbnail with like a blind kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm tearing up. Is a, it's, it's, it's a moment of, 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 of reflection, I think, for us as a society. I think it is, you know, past all of the cringe, the layers of cringe, this is an admirable thing that he did. And yes. also to make a video to create awareness for this procedure and for like this type of blindness. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the video. I couldn't get through the cringe. Yeah. But I will give Mr. Beast a slight salute. Um, you know, after you get through the cringe of, you know, that thumbnail, which is, oh my God. <laughs> It's very funny. It's, it's get, great. It's, it's getting memed, which is great. Is it? Yeah. And then <clears throat> you get past the thumbnail, and then you get past his like opening, fucking like opening spiel where he's in total. I cured a thousand people of yeah. their blindness. Total YouTube voice, <laughs> and then showing like uh, most people see the world like this. Yeah. And it's like a clear drone island. Sh- yeah, drone shot of like a, pa- a island in paradise, and then puts a blur filter over. Just it. a blurry one. Yeah. Wait, you said dystopian. Do you yeah. not want people to have their blindness cured? No, I want their blindness <laughs> to get cured. I just don't want it to be turned into content. That's fair. And yeah. I think I, I but the funny part is is this to me just shows how much the internet and culture at large, we like we will just hate no matter what happens, mm-hmm. right? So it's like Mr. Beast makes all these pointless videos just wasting money, just like doing stuff just for the purely for the content for entertainment value. And people are like, this is stupid. This is dumb. You should be using this money for a real cause. You should be helping society. You should be making the world a better place. Mr. Beast makes a video about making the world a better place. And they're like, shut the fuck up. Go back to making stupid <laughs> fucking content. Like, You can't win. He can't win. Yeah. But, yeah. We, 
I do think it's par- part of it is the tone of it. Yeah. The yeah. tone of the video. It's weirdly It feels wrong. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, a tough, tough it's tone. tough tone. Because yeah. I think, again, like these YouTube videos are meant for entertainment. They're meant for like eight-year-olds to mm-hmm. be like, wow, this is so funny. Look at him. He's got all this money. He's just giving people money. I wish I was there. Like, that's so cool. It's David Dobrik 2.0. It is. But then it's like curing blindness isn't shouldn't be entertainment. Mm. It's something he should do. Maybe you should but, put some like soft ballad music to the track. But like <laughs> what but what is life if not generating content? Yeah. And then I think that's the thing that he has learned, right? He's been doing this for so long and he's like, listen, life is all for content. Look at us. We're we're making content right now. Yeah. Um but I mean, it's hard to be mad at it because he he did an admirable thing. Yeah. And he did he did it by doing the thing that he's doing. And bring awareness to it. It's gotten huge numbers. Like the video is doing incredibly well. Mm-hmm. I think he, he is in a tough spot, right? He can't do, he can't do, he's just one of those people. It's like, you get too famous, you get too rich and you get too popular and we are, whatever you do, you're going to be doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, universal healthcare be damned. I want my influencers <laughs> to pay for my health healthcare. <laughs> I think that's the new wave. It is impressive or not impressive. It scratch that. It is overwhelmingly wild how many people apparently are blind and can be cured with a 10 minute surgery see yeah. that's the fucking awareness i that, so listen i i gotta say i'll go on the record here i think this is like a good thing good like I, I genuinely think mr beast is a good person until his problematic cancelization comes out in no less than six months like i think he meant i think he means well mm-hmm. generally i think he loves making this content and i think he was generally doing this for the right reasons and i think it, it it just looks weird on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just kind of weird. It's just it's kind of weird. And so I'm here for I'm here for the I'm 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 here for it. I'll defend it. Yeah, because I think blindness. I mean, those people look genuinely happy. Yeah, yeah. That's all. I mean, it was now awesome. they can watch his videos. Yeah, <laughs> it just he got, he got one thousand more fans. Yeah, that's the secret that's, behind it. That's what it is. He's, he's like because he, he's, he's not out here curing cancer. He's curing blindness. So people can watch <laughs> his videos. That's wow, Forrest. Big brain thinking right there. Damn. You know that he translates all of his videos to like multiple different languages, so I people mean, across the world could watch his videos. Smart. Because only so many people speak English. Yeah. And so that's part of his yeah. um, inclusivity. But not even that. <laughs> he's just trying to open up more you know, revenue uh, from more viewers. So if he does it in other languages, now he's got a thousand more people that but can But also, watch. like, that in itself is, like, pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. Like, I... Because a lot I'm of people not a big, don't do that. I'm not a big beast guy, but I'll give him his flowers for that because, like... Beast guy? Yeah. <laughs> is, is that, that what they call him in the I'm, streets? I'm not a big beast guy. I don't know. I don't know what his fans are called. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't know because I'm really not a fan. But like, to to do <laughs> sure, all that, to do Kevin, all we that, believe you. To do all that translation work, like, and, no, it's you know, re-edit all those videos and do it in multiple languages. That's kind of nuts. It is amazing, and it's, he seems a little nuts, which in a good way. I think he seems like a nice guy. I think he definitely maybe has some dark demons underneath there. Yeah. Who, um, who knows? Yeah. Um. Maybe I'm not. A, a, I'm not a beast just, guy. Either. Maybe he's a genuine. He does seem maybe he's a genuine bloke. Yeah, you know what, Jimmy? Um, I'm 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 rooting for you. I'm rooting for you, kid. Um, couple quick things before we get out of here. Uh, Natural Light, uh, as I like to call it, Natty Light, um, <laughs> is rolling out a new design. It's a vintage can, and it's rolling out nationwide starting in February. Uh, apparently, this is 
uh, something we talked about on the podcast before. I think it was like almost a year ago. It was about a year ago, and apparently the, the it was a, that was a pilot run that only happened in North and South Carolina, which <laughs> I'm not really sure what, North, what, North Cackalack and why <laughs> they picked those places. But apparently the decision um, uh, it, it performed very well, and so now they're putting this out nationwide. Um, I think this can looks great. It's cute. I think this can um, looks significantly better than the current natural light packaging, which. Um, if you take a little Google and look at that, um, it's one of the worst looking designed it's, cans yeah. uh, in the beer category. But it's endearingly bad. It's I, a, I have a very soft spot in my heart for it. It's a good no. It's a good question. Is this good design? If it like is just what everyone else is doing, it's kind of iconic. Is this the new one or the old one? I mean both. Yeah, I think this one's interesting. It just looks a lot like Miller Lite, or looks like you know a, a bunch of other sort of vintagey beer brands and. Apparently, it's an old design that they had in the history, and they kind of went back and they modernized it. You know, kind of the classic move. But I feel like at this point, they're so late to the party. Yeah. But I think it's like, in my opinion, it's one of the better executed, like new vintage redesigns. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it just goes fucking hard. They leaned all the way in. A lot of them have more modern ties and modern sensibilities. Yeah. But this one feels like all the way. It feels really vintage, and I think in a cool way. I think just you know, my 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 two cents on this is like. I welcome this design, but I wonder if they're actually going to stick with it. Is it going to be a nationwide limited edition or is this like, this is the new look for natural light. And if that, I, I would say, you know, go for it. Like, and I, I predict it may be because if this can performs as well nationwide as it did in these kind of small uh, state rollouts, like I could see them kind of just using this moving forward. And then I guess they will have to build um, all the natural light brands around it. They have that like Natter Days brand. The Strawberry like, Lemonade. Which is like a, yeah, yeah. Strawberry Lemonade. I mean, they don't have to build all their brands around it. I'd be curious. I mean, natural light, I have a soft spot for it because as as a kid, um, I drank <laughs> That's it. what we grew up on. Yeah. I grew up on that. <laughs> so, and I, I mean, I kind of like that it looked shitty. I don't know. This one is, 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 is giving me um, pause <laughs> because it's like, I know that it's better designed visually, aesthetically, but I almost it brings up a big, a big holistic question: whether it's does all design need to look good? That's that's just something to ponder. Maybe we should end there. I know <laughs> it, it's a it's a deep question because if now everything looks good, yeah, does anything look different? Damn, damn. My staunch opinion is that no, not everything should look good. Yeah, and I love the bad shit. And bad looks good. And that's and bad, bad stands out. Mm-hmm. And I think now that it looks good, and everyone is, uh, you know, is is um, everyone looks like this. Everyone looks like a vintage beer can from you know the nineteen seventies. Like, then you kind of just look like everybody else. But I, mean, I will say, for natural light, their original packaging <laughs> looks like a propane tank. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, let, let's just be very clear, though. If you show up to a party with the old natural light, you're like, man, this guy is uh, on a budget. <laughs> it looks particularly cheap. Yeah. And the new one looks much more uh, expensive. And yeah. I imagine the drink inside is absolutely the same. Yeah. Or it's like, I just brought a fucking rack to the party. Let's go. We're, we're, we're going to pound these. We're going to drink these as fast as we can. I think they'll be uh, just as poundable, Kevin. I that's true. That's, yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't count on that. But like again, Miller Lite made this move from their sort of like bad, you know, early uh 2000s late 90s can design to their sort of new can and i imagine it's but it's still working for them it yeah, does but, look the same but miller lights is still like it's got some modernness to it yeah it looks pretty vintage i think you just now think of it as modern because it's been out in the world for a couple of years you know what now. you're probably right hmm. listen uh, i i'm not always right but 
often and, and, and consistently. But most of the time, yeah. Most of the time, yeah. Uh, last story, Oreo. Um, Oreo has rolled out so many limited edition uh, products over the years that I can't ever keep up. But this one caught my interest a little bit because it's called the Most Oreo Oreo. Kevin and I have both been on the record that we're uh, double stuff, mega stuff guys. Yeah. Like, um, more stuff in the better. And so this is now the cream mo- boys. Cream boys, yeah. Uh, the creamy, most <laughs> creamy, creamy, cream boys. That's right. Um, Forrest, you want to join our, our crew? <laughs> sure. I prefer the mint ones. Wow. Or the birthday mint? cake ones. Mints. Mint. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Wow, Kevin. Those are fighting words. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you know Kevin's stance on mint? Oh, no. What's your stance? Never. Really? It's my least favorite. Flavor. Do you not like like thin mints or No, I what? fucking hate thin mints. Yeah, this is like one of Ke- Kevin. Kevin's core characteristics as a, as a brand. Problematic faves, hates mint, whatever. I <laughs> I enjoy fresh mint sparingly. Okay. But n- nothing uh no no peppermint. All right, is it like it tastes like soap to you or something? I don't know what it tastes. It tastes like mint and I just hate mint. Mm. That's so sad. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the latest Oreo, the most Oreo Oreo, are Oreos, sandwich cookies, classic original, you know, as you know them, but they have, they're filled <laughs> with Oreo cookies and cream, which is essentially looks like a really thick layer of cream in the middle, but inside the cream, they've put cookies and cream. So it's sort of as if you took an Oreo, a mega stuffed Oreo, you kind of blended it up and then you okay. put it back inside yeah. of an Oreo. If there's anyone that's like actually really smart out there and can do math, I would love to know like the adjusted cream <laughs> percentage. You know, if you, when you take out the all ratio. of those, yeah, when you yeah. take out all of those like cookie crumbs or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. when you take those out, what is the actual percentage? Is it just a double stuff with like, you know, more cookie it's bites like in crumbs, it? Crumbs, yeah. yeah. It's like a turducken of Oreos. <laughs> it's like filled with itself. It's really. It's 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 quite confusing. The packaging is interesting. It sort of has this like radial sort of like hypnotic look to the front. But it's like, why are they that trying to cool. why are they trying to limit the amount of cream? Like mm. if the if if the concept is most Oreo, you mm. want the most cream. Oh, I'm looking at a breakdown. They have thins, original, double, mega, and most. Wow. And so most looks like almost just a little bit more than mega, but it's got cookies inside of the cream. Damn, I need I need somebody who's good at math to do this shit for me. <laughs> I'm looking at a chart here. Um, I, I kind of I'm intrigued. I just don't know why they had to put cookies in most, the cream. M- most yeah. is just most is just mega with cookie bits in it. Yeah, it does kind of look. We'd have to put those two next to each other. I don't know. I'm intrigued to trying these things. I think uh, Oreo. That's what they want. Like they've been running this playbook for like ten years, just like making weird and crazy things and. I, I think I feel like they ran out of ideas. They wrote the damn book. They did write the book on this. I think also it reminds me of TikTok. Like you ever see those videos where they make chicken nuggets out of chicken nuggets? <laughs> they just like take chicken nuggets. Wait, I love those. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of what this is. Okay, actually, and, I respect it now. And so I'm into it. I think the most confusing part is <laughs> what is what is Martha Stewart doing? That's what I don't get. Yeah. So in in as part of this release, there's a picture of Martha Stewart just in her home dunking one of these into milk, smiling, looking at camera. And no mention of, of also, her involvement. Snoop Dogg. I feel like it would make sense if it were the two of them, but it's just Martha Stewart. They probably didn't have the budget. Mm. I just don't understand. Like she's involved. She's in the photo shoot. <laughs> like I don't understand what she has anything to do with this. Oreo. She loves cream. Is that she's the creamer? I just, I'm not seeing the connection. Um, 
But you know what? It's I the finer things in life, Alex. <laughs> Get your bag, Martha. That's what I have <laughs> yeah. to say. Um, oh no, Kevin. They're calling this take a dip into the Oreo verse. I don't even care. It's a uh described as an interactive digital world where Oreo fans can play and explore. Is, uh, is Martha Stewart there? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they invited Martha Stewart to join the virtual world. The Martha Stewart AI. Yeah. Is she is she in there? Is she an avatar? Because I might have to fucking get a VR set. I'm I'm okay. I'm in on the cookie. I'm I'm down for it. I want to try an Oreo that has Oreo in it. But I'm I have to be incredibly out on the Oreo verse. Yeah, fuck out of here, Oreo verse. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, we have a quote though from Julia Rosenblum, senior brand oh, manager. I love these. She said, "quote We're so excited to enter the metaverse." <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> um, Oreo is the cookie that begs to be played with, and we love to create new opportunities for our fans to connect with each other and share that playful spirit. Thank you for that. Oh, finally, Oreos in the metaverse. Oh, I got a good. I got a quote from Martha. "Quote: I am excited to make my metaverse debut in oh, partnership with oh, one of my go. favorite cookie brands, Oreo, and having Ryan there. Who's Ryan? Who the fuck is Ryan? Oh, it's her friend and gardener, Ryan McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> How did Ryan get part of this deal? They couldn't afford Snoop, so they brought. I Ryan. wish I was Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan just got a bag for no reason other than Martha was like, "I'm not doing this without Ryan, her gardener." Oh man, who's gardening in the metaverse now? Having Ryan there with me will make it all the more fun, Stuart said. The two of us have had our fair share of adventures over the last 10 years. Yeah, smoking weed and fucking doing the lawn. (laughs) And have been able to navigate just about anything together, especially in the garden. Damn, I wish I was Ryan. Rosenblum said the pair embody the brand's playful spirit and hope to show how much consumers can have fun in the playful Web3 world. Wait, have you seen this photo? Yikes. Is that Ryan? Yeah, Ryan, Martha Stewart with their head pieces headsets on. on yet. Holy shit. I think this is what the world did not. Like, I think the funniest part about Web3, NFTs, and Metaverse is how brands are jumping on them, having no clue what yeah. they are, <laughs> because no one's actually really using this. And again, I think in the future, potentially, there will be a world where we are interacting in this way. Yeah. But like the fact that brands can't help themselves for trying to be first and in on it is so funny to me. Yeah. Is Ryan a famous gardener? I could not tell you anything he about is now. this man. Um, Cause I think I'm, you know, maybe we should put some respect on Mark, uh, on Ryan's name. I'm literally respecting the hell out of Ryan. <laughs> I'm standing and saluting for Ryan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He looks like a great guy. He's, uh, he's got, he's got, he's got 40,000 uh, Instagram followers. Handsome man. Handsome young man. Is this gardening good? Uh, I can't. Uh, for, on first per, uh, look through his Instagram, it's got to be. He he's he looks like he's the man in charge of. Uh, you think Martha Stewart would have a gardener that's like subpar? Mm. Nah, Martha Stewart's got the best gardener. Well, shout out to Ryan. He just got a bag um, because of, uh, from Oreo. Yeah, and he got a free shout out on the pod. So, which is, you know, arguably even you know more valuable than a bag. That's true. We all wish we were Ryan. I think you know. Yeah. So um, that's the show this week. Uh, thank you so much for the listeners. Thank you, Forrest. Welcome. Uh, first time on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> won't, won't be the last, but uh, Kevin, any final words? Uh, who day? Who day forever. Sad. Yeah. Single tear. R.I.P. Bye. R.I.P.